Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Neil Garfield Show, a presentation sponsored by www.livinglies.wordpress.com, GTC Honored, and The Garfield Firm, serving all 50 states with news and analysis of the latest bank scams against borrowers, homeowners, consumers, and investors, and providing legal representation throughout Florida. This program is for general information only. It is not a solicitation for services or legal representation and should never be used as a substitute for advice from a licensed professional. And now, here's world-renowned financial expert, attorney, and blogger, Neil Garfield. Hi, this is Neil Garfield, and this is Thursday, April 9th, 2015. Happy Easter, happy Passover. I hope I covered all the bases. So you didn't get the right disclosures at the closing of your loan? Cancel it. It's called rescission, and yes, you have the power to cancel the deal. Do you have the same power as a judge to declare your note and mortgage void? Yes. Do you have the same power as a judge to order your creditors to return all the money they ever got from you and all the money paid in fees and costs and all that at the origination of the loan? Yes, you have that power. How do you do it? With a letter. And lots of people have done it. It appears that perhaps hundreds of thousands of people have sent notices of rescission only to have them rejected in writing by a servicer or a bank. The rejection turns out to be worthless, whereas the rescission turns out to be effective. That's the word used by Justice Scalia in the unanimous decision in the Jesenowski case. Your letter giving notice of rescission has the same effect as the court ordering the cancellation of the deal. When you drop that letter in the mailbox, you have canceled the loan contract. And that can't be changed. By operation of law, your letter has the same power as though your creditors had already lost the case and appealed and lost that. Unless they filed a lawsuit in court contesting your cancellation and they can't even do that unless they file the lawsuit within 20 days of the notice of rescission notice that I said your creditors so what is the magic of this letter that is the same as a court order what needs to be in it those questions and more as we explore the wonderful world of deal of rescission tonight Program note, read the blog tomorrow. We're publishing the best win we have ever seen in a court of law with just plain old defense in a foreclosure trial. And next week, we will have Patrick Junta, attorney in South Florida, as our guest. He was co-counsel with me in that case before a senior judge in Broward County, Florida. Remember, you can listen in just by going to my site on the Uh, blog talk radio site and hear the shows again or for the first time 
Uh, if you want to get the link, you can also go to the front of my blog, livinglies.wordpress.com or livinglies.me, M-E. I'm broadcasting live from a very warm Boynton Beach, Florida, brought to you by the Living Lies blog, GTC Honors, Amgar, the Garfield firm with offices in South Florida. And this show is specially brought to you because of donations to the Living Lies blog from listeners like you. Thank you. And for those of you who are not contributors, we ask that you call 954-495-9867 and pledge whatever you think you can afford. On the West Coast, you can dial 520-405-1688. Our mission is to share as much information as we can to help beleaguered homeowners and other people who may not be aware of the effect the housing crisis has had on their lives. And we are accomplishing our mission here, I'm pleased to say, as more and more judges are seeing that the usual opening remark by the attorney for the bank in a foreclosure is pure rubbish. Your Honor, they say, this is a standard foreclosure. Judge Rodriguez in Broward County said it best a couple of months ago when he said that after the last four cases he had heard there was no such thing as a standard foreclosure anymore. Adam Levitin calls it securitization fail because the securitization plan was never actually used or implemented. In actuality, the whole thing was an elaborate ruse to cover for the largest economic fraud in human history. That's why Eric Holder said, as one of his parting remarks when he finally leaves office, that we should go after the people who ran the banks. It really does matter who you owe the money to, and it matters even more who actually loaned you money, all appearances at closing notwithstanding. So the entire world of finance, mortgages, mortgage-backed securities has been turned inside out, twisted around to the point where experts in the mechanics of securitization of debt would never recognize it, nor would they approve of it. And thus, we have had millions of foreclosures, essentially, by people with no greater status than the landscaping company for the house next door, ruining the lives of people who, in actuality, might owe some money to a pension fund they never heard of and who never heard of them. And while we have been seeing increasing success in defeating these purveyors of false documents, and robo-signers, and robo-witnesses, and robo-servicers, another remedy has emerged that puts the power into the hands of borrowers who no longer have to defend themselves. Actually, the power always existed. It's just that only a few of us, going back to 2007, recognized it, and judges by the, the dozen or even by the hundred, disagreed with us and basically said that no borrower has the right to cancel a deal without suing for rescission and proving fraud and all kinds of other things. Well, the U.S. Supreme Court said, no, that's not true. 
The Truth in Lending Act says it's not true, and that's federal law, and that's all they need to know. And that the cancellation of the deal is effective. In other words, it's done when the borrower puts the notice of rescission in the mailbox. All they need to do is cancel the loan transaction. And although it is true that the Truth in Lending Act provides requirements and time limits, the act of rescission turns the banks inside out because it does cancel the loan, it does cancel the note, it does cancel the mortgage, and it does require the lender to pay the borrower all the money ever received from the borrower or ever received as a result of the loan closing. So all this is accomplished with a letter. That in itself is amazing to most people when they hear about it It, because it sounds like I've got more power than the bank. Well, the truth is a lot of borrowers do have more power than, than the bank and they've already exercised it. And now the Supreme Court has said that what they did made the mortgage and note void, which now brings into question all of the previous things that courts have done on the assumption that the rescission was not valid when, in fact, there was no note and there was no mortgage by operation of law, according to the Truth in Lending Act as it has always existed and according to the Supreme Court, who has now read it and said that's what it says. So all this happens because borrowers sign the letter and drop it into a mailbox. No lawyer needed. No judge to say, okay, I'm letting you out of this deal. By operation of law, your letter is just as powerful as a court order. Case over, banks lose. Judges never liked the Truth in Lending Act, and they like it even less now. But the Supreme Judges of the land unanimously said a few weeks ago that judges don't need to like it, they need to follow it. And the law says that rescission is effective when the notice is given. Notice is given when dropped in the mailbox. End of story. No tender of money required. The loan contract is over. No lawsuit is required in order for the rescission to be effective. The loan is over. The note is void. The mortgage is void. And the money is owed back to the borrower. The law doesn't stop with just rescission. It says that even though the note is already canceled by operation of law as a result of your notice of rescission, you are also entitled to get back the canceled note. And even though your mortgage is canceled and void as a result of the rescission by operation of law, you are entitled to a recorded satisfaction of mortgage or in some states, it's a release and reconveyance, whatever is required to remove the encumbrance from the public records in the county in which the property is located. You're entitled to get that. You're entitled to get the canceled note, and you're entitled to get all that money that uh, they owe you, whether you have been paying principal and interest for eight years all that is due back to you. Everything that uh, uh, happened at closing that was a cost or fee, 
Oh, most of those things are due back to you. <laughs> plus interest, plus attorney's fees and costs if you have to file to enforce the rescission. And even though you might need to pay money to someone who proves they are a creditor, you are first entitled to payment of all those monies that are supposed to come back to you. You are first entitled to get the canceled note. You are first entitled to have your mortgage um, satisfied in the record of the county, the public records of the county. Why? Because the point of Congress in allowing you to cancel the deal was so that you could go out and get a deal that you did like and pay off the old loan, and you would be in a deal that, you know, was appropriate. Nobody was thinking about false securitization or securitization fail, as Adam Levitin has has dubbed it. So it's likely that when when all is said and done, they're not going to have a creditor who can claim that you owe them money. But we don't know that for sure yet. But if they do, if you do owe them any money, it's not secured because there's no mortgage, there's no note. And for them to prove that they're their creditor, they can't use the note or the mortgage because the note and the mortgage don't exist anymore. So they really got to prove that they have money in the deal that in their chain of title that they're relying on, they loaned you the money or they purchased the loan from somebody who loaned you the money and all that. My opinion is only a small percentage of transactions over the mortgage transactions over the last 15 years would qualify where they could produce a creditor like that. And so what are these banks going to do without a note and mortgage? Because they obviously can't use void instruments in court. We don't know. But you can be sure that they're hard at work as we speak, lobbying in state legislatures and in Congress to get something about this law changed. Because as it stands right now, anyone can send a notice of rescission on virtually any loan. And if the lender, creditor, does not file the action within 20 days to challenge that, then there is no more loan contract and the note's canceled. Now, that might have tremendous impact on uh, loans uh, other than uh, mortgage loans. One of my anonymous sources made the comment today to me that even if by some fluke of luck the banks came up with a creditor who could file the lawsuit contesting the rescission, the challenger must show that they are the creditor because they can't use the note and mortgage. Those have already been canceled by, by operation of law when you sent your notice of rescission. And even if they file that action within 20 days, and even if the homeowner loses, the notice of rescission, he says, might just be the best discovery tool in the arsenal arsenal of litigation uh, against 
those parties seeking foreclosure. Last week, we talked about what it means when a statute says something is effective by operation of law and how hundreds of judges across the country got that wrong until the unanimous Supreme Court decision in Jesenowski. This was a huge blow to the banks who have been screwing around with our economy for the last 10 years. Some say, with some good cause, they've been screwing around with our economy for the last 50 years. But I'll keep it to current events. So the million-dollar question is what needs to be said in a notice of rescission for it to cancel the loan. After all, it's like a nuclear bomb in finance for such a letter to cancel a deal that might involve hundreds of thousands or even millions of dollars. The answer is that the statute specifically was created such that anyone with the intent to cancel the deal could do it without going to a lawyer. No lawyer. No lawyer needed. The answer to what needs to be in the letter is that you probably should have a date on it. And you probably should refer to a loan number so people would know what it is you're canceling or rescinding. And if you want to get more specific, you might give the date of the, the promissory note and the recording information on the mortgage or deed of trust. But after that, anything that shows a clear intent to cancel the note and mortgage does exactly that. It doesn't make any difference how you phrase it. As long as it's clear that you're canceling the deal and identifies the deal that you're canceling, it's sufficient. Do you need a lawyer? No, you do not need a lawyer to rescind. You just write the letter. Does it need to be typewritten? No. All you need is basic information, and I would recommend the date because there is a presumption of mailing, and the presumption of mailing creates, uh, uh, in many cases, will create a burden on the other side to prove they didn't get it. In most cases, though, they stonewall. And that's why the question of do you need a lawyer actually has two answers. To, to rescind, no. To enforce the rescission, yes. Because you're going to have to file a lawsuit saying we rescinded under the statute. They're supposed to do these things, return the canceled note, satisfy the mortgage, give back the money. They didn't do it. And, of course, what they're trying to do is create the oppression that the judge now can decide whether or not your rescission was effective. There's only one instance under the Truth in Lending Act, as I read it and as I think the Supreme Court read it, in which a judge could decide whether or not the rescission was effective. And that is if a challenge was filed in court within 20 days of the notice, I have yet to hear of a single lawsuit by a single creditor in all the time that I've been following this, which is more than eight years, that said the rescission is not effective. But you can expect stonewalling, and they're going to try to use the forum of the court where you have filed against them for enforcement as a vehicle to trick the court into ruling on whether the rescission was effective. 
the notice of rescission was not within the statute of limitations or was a purchase money first mortgage, whatever the allegation is that they want to make that says that your rescission is not effective, they had to do that within 20 days. If they didn't do it within the, that 20 days, then they can't raise that issue because it's in that 20 days and in that lawsuit that a judge would say, okay, the rescission is effective or it isn't. But they will attempt to lure lawyers and pro se litigants into explaining their reasons for the rescission and then getting the judge to rule on whether your reasons were good enough. I see we've got some questions on the board here. I'll try to get to those uh, uh, very soon. So, um, what do you what do you need to have if you want to enforce rescission? Because we all know you're going to have to enforce it. And the answer to that is the same thing as before with the foreclosure defense. You need a good forensic review of the closing, and um, you need to have all the information about the sending of the rescission. Hopefully, you sent it certified mail return receipt requested, but that's not the only way to prove the case, as I've mentioned before, that you sent the rescission. The only thing you have to prove is that you sent the rescission. If you sent the rescission, it's effective, period, end of story. And you need the strategic advice of experts in foreclosure law securitization and lending. And I opened up the door a crack by doing uh, starting a pilot program to help people with preparing their file to enforce rescission. And uh, we have received thus far uh, approximately 350 telephone calls in the last 10 days and about 2,000 emails, each asking for information on our pilot package. We're closing it out on April 14th, and we will reassess uh, pricing and content, et cetera. What do I do if nobody records a satisfaction mortgage, even though Tila says they must? The answer is enforce it and file for quiet title. And if I file to enforce the rescission or for quiet title, does the judge need to declare the rescission was effective? Not only is the answer no, and he doesn't need to declare the rescission effective. He's not allowed to declare whether the rescission was effective or not unless it's within the 20 days of the time that the rescission notice was given. So, and you have presumptions of mailing. Who do you, who do you send it to? My recommendation always is send it to everybody, but under the new rules with the CFPB, uh, uh, sending it to anybody in the chain is the same as sending it to everybody. But I would certainly make it clear that you weren't trying to play games and that you sent it to as many people as possible. Uh, so what if the service doesn't tell you who the lender is? Well, uh, it doesn't make any difference. They have an obligation to communicate the rescission. And what should you expect from a service or a bank? So far, it looks like most of them send a letter back saying, we reject your notice of rescission. That rejection means nothing and carries no weight in court. How do you enforce it? 
obviously buy a lawsuit. And yes, you need a lawyer. Do I keep making payments after I send the notice of rescission? That is a question which is very interesting because if you make payments, why are you making payments after you've canceled it and it really is the note is really canceled? So the answer would be no if you're going to be consistent with the notice of your rescission. What happens if you do make the payments? I'm not sure anything does except that it adds to the amount of money they have to give you back. What should I not do? The thing you should not do is give all the reasons and problems with the uh, origination of the loan in your notice of rescission. You don't need to do it, and the more information you have in there, the more they can try to use that information and defeat it as a uh, reason to uh, set aside the rescission. So we're running out of time here. First three digits, 770-205. You have a question. And apparently not. Uh, area code seven three two. First three digits four two three. Do you have a question? Yes. Hi. Always a fan. Um, does this um, does it? It's let's say uh, a two thousand and eight foreclosure still going on. Does that apply? If you're asking me if you can send the notice of rescission now, that would depend upon an analysis of the file. If you're asking well, I, me what yeah. if you're asking did you already send the notice of rescission? I did I sent in a uh to qualify request and at the end it stated that if they did not respond that I would consider this to be considered paid in full. Well, that's not enough. You need to send a notice of rescission. And, again, that should be after uh, uh, you have done uh, a full forensic examination and consulted with an attorney who is licensed to the jurisdiction in which your property is located. Um, well, can, the, I, can I ask the, one more question? Uh, that I understand that. I understand that fully. Now, Somebody who I know just got a loan, and the person, uh, the bank stated that they were a portfolio lender. However, when they went to the closing, it had mirrors on there. It had what? Mirrors on the on the mortgage. They oh, stated okay. they were a portfolio lender, and then at the closing, things changed. Right. The, presence, the presence of, of mirrors or mirrors or however you pronounce it. Uh, is an absolute indicator that whoever was supposedly the lender at your closing was not really the lender. But, Correct. Uh, uh, you so need he can to, say he can rescind. There is an arguable basis for sending the rescission. Now, let me explain procedurally and quickly, because we're running out of time, that um, uh, it appears to me and to most other lawyers who have looked at this with me, that the sending of the notice of uh, rescission triggers the 20-day period of time. And there may be the best defenses in the world 
to that notice of rescission that it's too old, it's too this or not enough that. But if they don't file the action called for by the Truth in Lending Act, then those defenses go away. They've waived them. And if you think about what would happen, if you think about what would happen if you didn't answer their foreclosure complaint or you didn't file something within the period of time that you were supposed to file it, you know what would happen. You lose. And with many things like notice of appeal, notice of rehearing, and so forth, you miss it by one day. You lose. I think that's what this 20-day window is, and therefore I'd say that it affects virtually everything. I will be back with you next week with Patrick Chunter. Thanks for listening to our broadcast. We hope that you tell your friends about us and let them know that there is hope and help in this financial crisis. Tune in every week to The Neil Garfield Show for free information and advice and visit our blog daily at The Living Lines Blog. We provide support services, the latest strategies, analysis, expert consultations, testimony, and declarations to use in your battle against the largest economic crime in human history. For information concerning Neil, the team at Living Lies, or the law firm, go to www.livinglies.wordpress.com or call 520-405-1688. The opinions expressed on this broadcast are those of the host and should not be attributed to any other person or entity.